Ah, greetings and salutations, everyone. I have returned. I have returned and my headphones are too loud. <laughs> I am so grateful for everybody that's returning with me. Thank you so much. It's definitely a very odd thing to uh, to not do the box. It's a, it's a what is it, a combination like music, listening party, um, therapy session, bitch session, traveling pants. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> Uh, it is it is good to be back. I will say I wasn't so thrilled to do the show. Like I'm not super in the mood to do the show. I've got I've still got a lot going on, so there's like a lot of things competing for my resources, of which I have I found one resource, which is why I'm always out of it. <laughs> that makes sense, right? It's weird. It's been two weeks. I'm not even sure if I'm doing everything right. So I'm assuming I'm gonna assume I'm transmitting. Let me just see over here. Uh, yeah, maybe. I can't even tell. Am I transmitting? Am I live? Is this Memorex? Are we... Let me check in with the chat. Chat is here. I don't know that I am, but chat is here. <laughs> Alright, it says... It says... says I'm broadcasting, but we know we're not falling for that. Like, I, uh... Yes, I'm transmitting. I have confirmation... Let's begin. <laughs> um, I do, I figured, like, I don't have a whole lot to talk about. I mean, like, I really have been doing a very good job of staying clear of a lot of the news. Um, but I, um, there's definitely been some stuff going on. <laughs> um, so I'm aware of some of it peripherally, but I haven't really been deep diving. I do want to just say one thing. Uh, just right off the bat, and I don't want to make this at all political, I just want to make this a very like quick statement and just point out that Marjorie Taylor Greene might be the dumbest fuck on the planet, and if you don't think so, then I'm incorrect, because that makes you the dumbest fuck on the planet. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, the House just really completely embarrassed themselves. They tried to impeach our Homeland Sec Secretary of Homeland Security, um, and it's really kind of funny if you just look at it because I knew I knew this was coming when the Democrats impeached Trump, which I thought I thought was a bad idea. They did it twice. They impeached him twice. I thought it was a bad idea because there was no way they were going to get a conviction in the Senate. But for when you listen to people like Adam Schiff and they were talking about like why it's important to, to have this on the record um, and and to be you know, kind of strong with this sort of thing. It made sense, but I knew the backlash was going to be ridiculous because I have never seen any group of people more childish or vindictive than the MAGA Republicans. I really just haven't. Not the conservative Republicans, they're fine, but these MAGA Republicans are the biggest children I have ever had the misfortune of running into in my entire life. And it's just so funny. So they tried to impeach the Homeland, uh, Homeland Security Secretary, but they actually produced no crimes and misdemeanors and what they were saying is that we want to impeach him so that we can investigate him which is not how you do things right that's not you don't convict people and then try and try and do that so on its face it was bananas and also on its face completely devoid of any constitutionality which i think is fun so i thought it was really ridiculous and disgusting anyway but it was nice 
that it didn't pass because Mike Johnson, as the Speaker of the House, called this floor vote and expected to win and then didn't because he's an idiot and his party is full of idiots. And not all the Republicans voted with him because there are a few still left that just don't like bow and kiss the ring and suck the dick or whatever it is they're doing over in Magaland. Uh, but Marjorie Taylor Greene got mad because one of the Democratic congressmen from Texas actually was in the hospital, and that was one of the reasons they were trying to schedule this vote. And this motherfucker, man, he got in an Uber in his hospital gown with no shoes on, went to the Capitol to cast his vote. And this bitch had the audacity to give him shit for it. They said the Democrats were hiding votes. Like, yo, dummy, we can vote, or not we, any party can vote, any congressperson can vote, whenever and however they choose. The fact that you think the Democrats were hiding somebody to somehow tank your stupid impeachment, is just, just, it just highlights how fucking stupid you are. And what an, honestly, what a piece of shit you are. And what pieces of shit you must represent in your party and in your constituency. Like, go fuck yourself, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I said it here, it is good to be back, Hard Rock Lunchbox. How's everybody doing? Everybody all right? All right, cool. <laughs> Things going well? Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Get to some light housekeeping really quickly. Let's see. I don't even remember. The last, uh, yeah. Thank God it's written down. The, la- the last top 20 that's out, uh, Biden's weather machine, that's when the Republicans in uh, Iowa accused uh, Biden of actually using a weather machine to create snow in Iowa so that people couldn't go out and vote for Trump in the caucus. I know I said that Marjorie Taylor Greene was the dumbest. <laughs> no, she's still is. I'm kidding. Feel free to check that out. Like, comment, subscribe, notify. I don't know. Whatever else you can do on the YouTubes that would help me out and help out the channel. Uh, you can check out some other stuff. I did see the discussions and drinks uh, thumbnail last night. I did not get a chance to walk it. But watch it, the impromptu sound guy writing and recording inner circle butter soda. I wanted to check it out. I want to check out honestly a lot of stuff that Bank is my podcast does. I just I never really get the chance. Uh, Carolyn Romano is the full interview from this past Monday. Feel free to stop by, like, subscribe, notify, update, uh, incarcerate, you know, enumerate whatever whatever you want to do over there on the YouTube's on uh, Stranger TV would would help everybody out. So I do I do appreciate that. Um, our next upcoming show is April 19th at Mr. Beery's. I think it's all but confirmed. It's not our show, which is nice. It's nice to finally actually be asked on somebody else's show for a change. Unfortunately, had to come from a band out of Boston to do it. But, hey, I'll take what I can get at this point. Um, so we'll be there. Uh, I did talk the guy into getting uh, Terrigenous. Uh, that's Greg's band, Victoria's Husband. If you don't know who Terrigenous is, we play them here on the box. Uh, I did I did talk uh, the guy into getting Terrigenous on the bill, so I get my secret wish of uh, playing with them, which will be good. Uh, they, they're a real prog rock kind of act, so like I had other bands that I, w- like, I still want to play with. At um, you know this this coming year, but like this is specifically prog rock, and we were honestly we're not exactly right for this in the sense that we're not prog rock, but we are hard enough rock that we can pull it off. So I don't know there's going to be a lot of crossover, but it's going to be an entertainment even entertaining evening for sure. So I'll keep you posted more on that. I actually just had to turn down a show in August. Uh, thank you very much, Tony, and your blackout dates. Kidding, you had a good reason this time, but. Was funny. The only date we had blacked out in the summer was Tony's, and that was the only date that was offered to this other show. But 
Doesn't look like Rebel 9 is going to be playing an awful lot this year again. I asked Kaz to put something together in March. I haven't seen or heard anything. And honestly, February is a short month. We're almost at March, so I don't know. The only thing you can really hold on to for March that I can uh, tell you for certain is that Aaliyah will come out on uh, on March 1st. Uh, it's the Friday after the 29th of February, which if I were you and a big Rebel 9 fan and interesting, interested in how Aaliyah sounded, I would stop by the box that day. I'm just saying. Um, I have like a lot of like stuff to talk about like I could talk about I honestly don't even know what would be like super interesting uh, I have a lot of funny kind of stories like anecdotally from um, from from fixing my sweatshirt um, from my trip I was in North Carolina for a few days uh, the company I the main company I worked for got acquired I think is the term everyone's throwing uh, throwing around, acquired by, by a, it's hard to explain. Like they're not, they're competitors, but they like, they're not direct competitors. It's not like Food Lion and Publix or you know King Cullen and Stop and Shop. It's like they're kind of like ancillary. It'd be like competing like, like Trader Joe's and Stop and Shop. Or like you know, fast, uh, Whole Foods and like King Kong. like they're in the same industry, but they're kind of like in different things. So they're actually creating a partnership. What's what's actually interesting about it is now with this because they called it an acquisition, but it, it's it's also kind of like a merger. But the way this merger works with the the existing company, the final product is actually going to be the largest uh, logistics company for live sports and entertainment in the world. Which, that's pretty cool. Um, and to kind of give you an idea of what that means, um, I know that the company that I work for and have worked for, like we are responsible for the logistics for all the broadcasting uh, that goes down on little things like, I don't know, Super Bowl. It's like kind of a football thing that's going on this weekend if you've never heard about it. Uh, anytime you see like the World Cup going on, like we're in charge of the broadcast logistics for that too. Uh, but this other company that we're with is hugely, uh, in, is huge in the international market, but their primary is um, mainly live music. And to give you just a taste of what they do, they are the logistics company that just handled the Kiss tour, Taylor Swift, and are currently working on the Pink tour. So. Yeah, little shit like that. That's, so now that's the company I kind of work for. And the reason I went down there was basically to meet the other team and just sort of hang out. And it was it was cool. I got to meet some of the tech guys, um, or two of them rather, and I like them both a lot. They were cool dudes, and we had some interesting stories. I think what's funny is that, um, like, I'm not even sure, like, what parts would be interesting. I know that... Uh, like, seriously, like, JFK TSA can go fuck itself, like, all day long. Like, and honestly, I don't even think they're capable of doing that. I think every other airport in the world is just so much better than JFK TSA. And I understand that they have a job to do, and it's a difficult job. But, man, I got to tell you, they just, they, they live, they live to screw you over. Like, and I don't even know that they're doing it on purpose. They're just so good at doing it that it just kind of accidentally happens at this point. But I'm not even sure that that would be a good story, so I'm not even going to bother with that. Um, I will tell you, uh, one of the funnier things for me was that I, so I've been self-employed for years, like decades, right? Like I had, I ran my own company and I still do, like I still have my own company. 
uh, I just I took an employment agreement with this company a couple years ago um, for a bunch of reasons, for some tax purposes, for some, uh, some sort of security on the job, some benefits and stuff. Like, I'm not getting any younger. I don't know if you noticed that, but I'm not getting any younger. I'm not Benjamin buttoning my way through life. Um, but there are things, you know, that are kind of, like, important that I wanted to sort of align with. So I, I, I took... They offered me, like, the bare minimum to get all these benefits, so I took them. So that's, that's kind of what I do three-quarters of my week. <clears throat> but... I've always been ancillary to, like, the corporate culture. I work alone. I work in my own office. Even when I've worked at companies, because I work in IT, I tend to have my own office, which is funny. Like, I used to go – I have a, a company I used to work for in Great Neck. I used to go there every single Thursday, four hours a week. I had my own office. Like, just, I had my own – I was only there. And there was another company I used to go to in Connecticut where I had my own office there, too, because it was a server room, so it was too loud for anybody to be in. So, I, like, I've, ha- I've always been, like, around corporations. Like, why am I getting an echo? Hello? Echo. Echo! Echo. Ah, Where is that coming from? Uh, Echo? Let me pull this out. Phrasing. I pulled this out. Echo. Restart required. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I'm busy there, computer. (laughs) Restart required? Ah! Cracking myself up. Anyway, um, something. So anyway, I've been like corporate adjacent for like two decades, right? So I've I've seen some of the corporate culture, but I have a lot of trouble like being in it. I just don't really understand all of it, and uh, I've struggled with that over the past couple years, like because I have to do like mandatory trainings now, and I have to jump in on team meetings that I know that have nothing to do with me. But the corporate culture is one of meetings and waste, right? Like that is one of the reasons, like. Because the deal was, like, I signed up for X amount of hours, but then, like, a lot of those hours were getting consumed with stuff that I would never do as a contractor because I'd be wasting my client's money. But as an employee, apparently it's fine. And not only is it fine, it's expected of you, which is, like, very hard for me to wrap my head around. But I've done a pretty good job over the past couple years. My boss is super accommodating and understands that I just don't necessarily work in that particular lane very well. So it's really only when I have to. And it's it's gotten pretty good. But so this this was really the first business trip I've ever taken where I was a total corporate crony entity. I don't even I don't even know what the what the word would be. Uh, whenever I've gone to away for business, like it's always been like on my dime, but like you know, I charge a client a premium for the time that I'm on site because you have to end all expenses and stuff. But this is literally like I had to submit a budget before I went, which I didn't know how to do. It was actually really funny. This is how badly I screwed up the budget since I don't fly all that often and I don't travel all that often because A, it's expensive to have me on site. It just is. It costs money to have me on site because you have to fly me wherever, you know, and put me up. So, and I work better from my office. My office is perfectly set up for me to work really well, super efficiently. Like I have everything I need at my office to do my job really well because I'm really good at my job and I know how to do that. So it slows me down when I'm actually on site. The only reason I ever really go on site is if there's a hardware issue, which I try and get further and further away from, or I need to actually do team meeting level work, which of course you can do on Zoom and Teams these days, but sometimes there really is a need to just sort of sit with the team and go over stuff. And I acknowledge that, and anytime that's been an issue or come up is when I go on these business trips, right? So it's fine. Um, but so 
I, but I had to put together a budget, and it's been so long since I traveled. Like, I put the budget together for air. So it's been, I did trains, planes, and automobiles and hotels to get down there, right? Because I was going down to Newburgh, North Carolina. So I take the train and the air train to JFKs. So I take a plane from JFK to Raleigh because to fly into Char- uh, to fly into Newburn directly, you have to go into Charlotte, this huge layover, and then fly into Newburn, which is like twice the price of the ticket anyway. So at Raleigh, it's a two-hour drive straight down uh, 40 and 70 to get to Newburn. Like it's a beautiful, beautiful drive, and I actually like look forward to do- to doing that drive sometimes. I mean, some things are better than others, but like. You know, on my way down was great. My way up could you know, suck a bag of dicks. So it just, it was just, you know, what it was. Like, but, so I did all that, but I'm doing all the budgets. I send in the budget because it was like a hurry. Like I had like 10 days to, you know, to, I had to be there in 10 days. So I did the budget, put it together. And then I, I had to get approval. Like my boss was like, you're definitely going to get approval. So, but like, I still had to go through the process of doing it, which I find is ridiculous. Like I'm doing all this work. Why don't I just click buy now? Because everything's changing anyway. And that was really the funny part. So I put in whatever the budget was going to be for all these things. And then, like, uh, she was like, yeah, go ahead and book it. So I did it over the weekend. And then I booked it. And then it was so funny because I forgot about these things called, uh, you know, taxes, fees, all these other ancillary charges. And it ended up being an extra $300 on the budget. <laughs> and I was like, like, this is airline fees and taxes, Hotel fees, which I should have known, hotel fees and taxes, but like, even like the Avis thing, like I had just rented like a car, uh, cause I had to use like Avis cause it's their thing, and I rented a car and I just took the first car cause I was in a hurry, so it was like an, uh, like a Ford Edge or whatever. And it was like, it was like some ridiculous amounts. So even when I went back in to do it, like I was like, oh, I'll just take a smaller car, a Kia Soul or something like that. And honestly, I wanted to check out the Kia Soul anyway, just give it a, give it a ride. Um, by the way, when I ended up getting there, they gave me a Chevy Pacifica, which, if you don't know, is the mother of all soccer vans. I know it's just... <laughs> it's such a blast driving that thing. <laughs> I was like, I'm sure I'm going to pick up a soccer team on the way there. I'll just drive them wherever they need to go. Whatever. But it was just funny. So like, by the time I actually bought everything, like the taxes and fees and all those other things, were like an extra $300 on the trip. They were like, yep, that's about right. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. I just... <laughs> Like, in the back of my head, I'm like, if you have all this money for travel, like, I feel like you have money for a raise, but, like, I'll just, I'll handle that. But here was the thing that I thought was really funny. Um, now, and just because I'm running out of time, so maybe I'll just dribble in some other stories. Because I did have some stories from the trip, but but this is the thing. So the, the main thing I had to get down there for, like, is I had to get down there for this town hall that was going on on Thursday. But then afterwards, they were like, you have to get to this dinner on Wednesday night. I'm like, yo, I'm flying all day. Like, I'm traveling all day Wednesday to get down there. And they're like, you have to be at a dinner at 530. I'm like, unless we're having it in Raleigh and at the airport, like, there's just no chance. So they moved it. But I had to go and I had to meet with my counterpart uh, for tech and then the head of global IT. And, like, I was going to meet somebody else, but he ended up not making it and stuff like that. So I had to get down to this dinner. Which I was stressing. I, was, I stress it a lot because, um, like, I don't know how much of this has come up, like, while I've been on the air. I'm sure all of it has come up at one time or another. But, like, of all the social abnormalities that I have and the social anxiety that I deal with kind of, like, on a regular basis, like, some of the things I really have problems with, I hate small talk. Absolutely hate it. I just, I'm not good at it. I I tend to overspeak and just try and overcompensate. 
uh, and I say stupid stuff all the time because I end up talking too fast. Picture this show, but like you're at a dinner party with me, and I'm just doing my show to you. Like that's not how that works. But I'm able to function in this category because I'm just able to talk for 20 minutes. That is not how dinner parties are supposed to work, and I'm super aware of that. So I have a super high level of anxiety just having a dinner party with, like, even people I know. Like, (laughs) I have trouble going to dinner with people I know. And these are two strangers that I have to go meet and then small talk with. Plus, on top of that, I have to super impress one of them because he's the head of global IT. And even though he's not directly my boss and probably won't ever be, he's going to be instrumental and implemental in a lot of other things I'm trying to trying to accomplish in my career. And it's always good to have allies rather than enemies. Always, right? Like, it just, everybody, like, that should make sense. Um, I'm not somebody that, like, feeds off the blood of my enemies. Like, I'm not Napoleon or, like, you know, Alexander the Great. I'm not even Alexander the Good. I'm, hell, I'm not even Alexander. So it's... So, like, so I had a lot of stress about that. And and also, like, this, you may or may not know this about me, but, like, I absolutely cannot stand eating in front of people. It really, it freaks me out. It's a product of being a fat kid, and that's just, that's just too bad. Like, I got made fun of as a kid by my family, by, you know, other people and stuff for being overweight. So it just, you know, it's just not something I'm super comfortable doing. And I'm, you know, I'm not a fat kid anymore. Like, you know, I'm a pretty heavy-set adult, but, like... I'm not that fat kid, but it doesn't matter because it sticks with you forever, and it's really hard to shake. And I know lots of people have a lot of eating disorders, and I don't mean the big ones. I mean, like, problems, like, in terms of, like, eating in front of people because of judgment and all that other stuff. And I am here to tell you, like, not only are you not alone, but you are not alone. So I have that in spades. So all this is going on. So I actually, like, I'm just totally stressing this whole meal more than anything else because there's there's a lot of stuff riding on it. There's a lot of stuff I don't do well. Oh, plus it's a new location and you definitely have heard me talk about how stressed I get even with the band with new venue. I have venue anxiety. I think I'm the only person that has it. They should might they might as well just name the fucking thing after me because I have venue anxiety. But I've never been to a venue for weeks before that. It's like, where am I going to park? Where am I going to sit? Where is the girl going to go? Like, where do I set up? Like, what is my name? Do I have shoes on? Like all that other stuff. Just rapid, 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 rapid. So, like that's also in there. Like, where am I going to park? Where is this place? What am I going to eat? I'm gluten-free. Like, am I going to be gluten-free or am I just going to man up and have some gluten? Which I ended up doing because I had this really delicious thing that had some toasted coriander breadcrumbs on it. I was able to avoid most of those, but a couple got in there and those couple were like, Mwah! so I'm okay with that. But this is where I'm getting. So, um, I also, I made a decision to not drink at dinner. I, I almost never, aside from the fact that I just don't drink that much anymore anyway, um, I don't drink in, um, I really try not to drink in, in public, uh, work, anything. Uh, if I do, like, it'll be like a beer and I'll just kind of like really just sort of chill and sip it. Um, because as, you know, I'm not a recovering alcoholic, but I'm definitely an alcoholic that has alcoholic problems. So I don't engage as often as possible, and I and I try and limit my, I try and box myself in so my limitations are are something I can count on. It is not 100% effective, but it's certainly better than it used to be. So I'll take that, um, and I think it's as good as I can go without 12 stepping it. So like, and I could 12 step it, but like I just from where I am right now, like. 
this works for me. So I decided to just not drink. And that's fine because the two people I was with were drinking and they, they were fine. And I actually, it's funny when you don't drink and you kind of notice when other people are, not that they are drinking, but like you notice the effects of it after the third or fourth one because things kind of loosen up, which makes it much easier for me. It just reduces my stress completely, which is fine. But so we go to the dinner and uh, they pick up the tab, which is awesome because like that's corporate mentality, right? Like we're having dinner, expense account, all that other stuff, which again, I'm not completely not familiar with. Although I was authorized to pick up the tab for dinner if they didn't and then expense it out. I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, glad I know that. So then we go over to a bar afterwards because the restaurant's closing. By the way, the restaurant was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and, uh, Morgan's Tavern, if you're ever in New Bern, like not a sponsor. Give them, yeah. yeah. They're very dog-friendly. So we go over to a bar, which is actually, like, in the same building, but you have to, like, kind of walk all the way around the block to get to it. So I think it was, like, the James house or something. Uh, But they're like, yeah, you want to, you know, just go get a a drink or whatever? And I was like, okay. Now there's, I should point out, there's meetings all over town for this big, giant merger. Different groups of people are in different meetings. I'm at the tech one. So we go over, we walk in, there's, like, three townies. There's a cat, a dog bartender and then the three of us and now we're in a bar so now like i can't not well i mean i can not drink but like now it's like appropriate to just have a drink so uh i order um, a jameson shot and a guinness and i'm like cool this is what i'm gonna do so i'm gonna drink i'm gonna nurse this guinness like all the rest of the night so at that point i got a text from my boss's husband he's like hey when you're done with dinner let me know we're over at the poor house you can come meet me poor p-o-u-r because that's super cool and I'm like, actually, we just walked into the James if you want to come over here. So he's like, okay, cool. I'll finish my drink and I'll be over there. Now, I've known Tom forever. Uh, so, like, I figured that'd be cool. But in that time, before Tom even gets over with a couple of the dudes he was hanging with, the executive meeting, this is the highest level of all the companies. So it's the two companies that are effectively merging and then, you know, the level of the board members of the parent company, GCO. In this time, in the time, so that's like five minutes. Within that five-minute period, the executive team, I guess, the executive dinner lets out, and they make their way over to the bar. This includes, like, my boss, my boss's boss, uh, who is the president of the company I work for, and then, the, like I said, the board members of GCL, members of Rocket, all that other stuff. So I will tell you, there were, like, six people in this place, and it was kind of chill, kind of quiet. SpongeBob was on TV. Everything was going, everything was coming up Melhouse for me. I had my Guinness, sipping my Guinness, having my Guinness mustache. Those of you Guinness drinkers, you know what I'm talking about. So now, the executive team walks in. I have never... I'm I'm a professional musician. I, I'll say it. I'm a rock star. I have never heard such an abrupt change in volume in a venue in my entire life. <laughs> These mothers were lit... Uh, they were having a really good time, and all I could think of was like, "I gotta get me one of them expense accounts, is right?" Like, <laughs> man, because uh, I mean, I know drinks are cheaper everywhere from uh, except where I happen to be ever, but man, it was just so it got so loud so fast, and then like everyone was like just talking, and then all of a sudden they're like. 
there was an extra 15 people in this place, and it was loud and like all that other stuff. And now everyone's hanging out. And again, I haven't seen a lot of these people in four years. I think the last time I was down there was 2020, so I hadn't seen them in forever. So I'm seeing them, and then all of a sudden, the guy that I'm basically supposed to meet, like my counterpart, who is the CIO of this new company, so like big deal. Comes over, he introduces himself, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I've been wanting to meet you." In that second, I immediately turned to the bartender because I'm—I've already had my shot, and I've had halfway through my Guinness. And I turned to the bartender, I was like, "Hey, can I get a really large glass of water real fast?" Because <laughs> I'm like, "This is not. This is the dude I need to super impress, and and not even impress like, oh, look at me, but like impress for like, look, I'm somebody you're gonna want to work with for the next 15, 20 years, like that that kind of impress." And which I'm totally capable of doing. I'm incredibly good at my job. I, as as much as some people really don't like me sometimes, like I'm a pretty likable guy, and I'm knowledgeable about what I'm knowledgeable about, and I really don't deal in any bullshit. But here's the best part. So that guy, that guy's name is Dave. Now the head of global IT who I had dinner with, his name is Jason. And I'll have lots of stories actually about Jason because he is a fascinating dude. I'll, I'll have stories about him. I'm sure he'll be thrilled. Um, but so Jason had. Like I went to pay for the drinks, and Jason was like, no, 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 I got it. And I was like, okay, no problem. So Jason opens the tab, and the drinks are out. And this is where it gets funny. So we're there like an hour, hour and a half or whatever, and they're just drinking. Like, they're making like, I think it was like Boilermakers and Old Fashioned. Like, the dr- like the nut, like this, whoever this chick was working on this Wednesday night did not expect to be making 750 drinks in an hour. She was just cranking them out. It's just real impressive to watch. All that other stuff. But here's the best part. So so obviously everybody's got a bank accounts or expense accounts. So Jason at some point he like closes his tab which is fine. Completely appropriate. Uh, and then um, the head guy, the CIO who is Jason's boss and probably one of my de facto bosses uh, goes to get another drink and the bartender's like Hey, do you have a? Do you want to start a tab? And he's like, Oh, I thought we had a tab. And and she's like, Oh no, he just closed his tab. So he goes, Open his tab back up. <laughs> Which <laughs> I've been around a really long time. I have never seen anybody flex like that before. And they did. They opened his tab right back up. I almost passed out right there in the spot, and I remember thinking to myself, I was like, you know what? That's power. That's 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 real power. <laughs> like, think about that. You're just hanging out. You're just seeing some random-ass Rebel 9 show at Mr. Beery's. You're getting your drink on. It's the end of the night. You're closing your tab, and then somebody comes by. Probably one of my band members are like, Open their tab back up, and then they do it. That's exactly what just happened here, which I thought was just astounding. And I just could not wait to uh, to tell that stupid story here. But now I realize I've burned through, I don't know, almost the entire show. So I guess good night, everybody, and I'll see you next week on The Box. But no, not quite. It's just been a good half hour. And I'll shut up now because I do have one very important thing to say in Rebel 9. Uh, news and land. If you haven't been paying attention to Spotify at all, which why would you? Uh, especially the Rebel 9 account, our very own Keep You Near finally broke 100,000 streams on Spotify. I will tell you, in the back of my mind, I knew it was coming and I wasn't sure if anything was going to change the next day and much like when She Saw Smiles first made it onto the CMJ charts the very first time and I thought my entire world was going to change, 
Much as like I was wrong then, I was wrong now because absolutely nothing happened. Did anything happen, Jimmy? Goddamn right, nothing happened, but I am certainly proud of it, and I want to thank all of you that listened to it your 100,000 times or your slice of that 100,000 times, because if nothing else, it does feel pretty goddamn good, and uh, it's a good milestone, and it's a good marker on uh, towards the end of a pretty long career, so thank you for that, appreciate that, I appreciate you, and maybe you guys can appreciate this, because there's... Only thing I can think of to improve on 100,000 streams is 100,001.